0: Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you, who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. Thank you for joining the podcast today. I'm Audrey Rindlisbacher, the author of The Mission Driven Life and founder of The Mission Driven Mom. So excited you decided to join me again today. As always, we want to grow this podcast, it would be wonderful if you subscribed so you don't ever miss an episode, if you shared out valuable content with friends and family, you gave us a review, and of course, we'd love to have you in the Mission Driven Mom Mastermind Facebook group for the after the show discussions and all the extra bells and whistles that go on in that Facebook group. Today, we get to do something fun, and that is talk to Tracy Hyde. Um, she manages our events and other things for us and She's just an incredible woman. Uh, She's kind of the first person that got roped into helping. And thank goodness she decided to uh, come along for the ride because she's just an invaluable resource. Thanks for being here, Tracy.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Audrey. And this has been an amazing journey for me. So I'm glad you roped me into it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that first conversation when I called you up and I was like, so you said you were excited about principles. I have this thing I want to do. And we talked <laughs> and you were like, I don't have any idea how to help you, but I'd love to.
1: <laughs> I know. I said I'm, I'd be a really good springboard or a really good sounding board. Yeah. And I need to get my education first before I can help collaborate on something you were, like this. It was so. So,
0: it's been so great. We've been working together quite a while now and it's been a lot of fun. Um, tell us. Just a little bit about yourself, Tracy, uh, about your family, maybe a little bit about your background uh, and then we'll just kind of go from there
1: Well, um, I was born in Salt Lake and throughout my childhood I moved around um, lived in California and Cleveland Ohio and oh I didn't know that and then I lived um, on a farm for a while so I kind oh, of cool. experienced a lot of different things growing up and then, my last four years, my last four years of school, I ended in Salt Lake. And, and then I went um, on to Brigham Young University where I um, got a degree in biology. Oh, and cool! I met, my, I met my husband there. Uh-huh. The time I, I served a mission for my church in England, in Yorkshire, oh, cool. and I grew to love the people there. Yeah. And I also um, spent time um, studying in Jerusalem for about five months, and I, I just love the culture of the Middle East. That's one of my passions. Wow. Um, and my family, we've, we've, I've lived in the Caribbean with my husband and um, my children, and we've moved all over the United <laughs> States and have lived in abroad as well together. So we've just had a lot of really great experiences. So, how many kids do you have, and what are so, their
0: age ranges?
1: Yes, um, I have five children, and the oldest is nineteen, and the youngest is ten. I have um, three girls and two boys. Nice. So, so we just we really close, and, that way. Yeah. yeah, they're all yeah, two years apart. Oh, nice planning. <laughs> yes, nice work. Yes, um, I grew up practically an only child. My brother came along when I was twelve, so I knew I wanted. Kids close enough together, so they could relate and have fun together. So, yeah, and sure. we enjoy a lot of outdoor sports and and just enjoy playing a lot of games together and being together. Oh, that's awesome. So, tell me about this um,
0: Jerusalem experience. What did you do there?
1: Um, I went with Brigham Young University. They have an extension center there, and mm-hmm. I just I studied um, ancient. Near Eastern Studies and um, also the New and Old Testament and arabic and we we had half of the day we were able to spend in the old city just exploring and getting to know the culture and we also went on a lot of field trips as well as far as um, the Sinai and um, we spent several weeks in Galilee as well and I just I had been interested in um, the Hebrew culture ever since I was young. Like, um, I remember at age 14, knowing I wanted to study that. And wow. And so it's like
0: Willem Ten Boom, he had the same thing. He fell in
1: love with the Hebrew culture and wanted to study it. That's super cool. Yeah. And so it's just kind of been a recurring theme. And so several years ago, my family had the opportunity to move to the Middle East, and I just jumped on it. And so we spent three and a half years there. And that was a dream come true to me to just spend more time in that culture, so. So tell
0: us more about that. What kinds of things did you do and see and what kind of people did you get to know?
1: Yeah, um, so we moved to um, Abu Dhabi, that's Mm -hmm. in the United Arab Emirates, it's its capital city. Um, It's a Muslim country Mm -hmm. and um, 20% of the population are actually um, locals, Emirati. The other eighty percent are from all over the world, because Whoa. the Emirati, the Emiratis um, are one of the richest people in the world, and so they have had this incredible um, learning curve that they've gone through because just fifty years ago, ninety percent of their population was illiterate. They were the Bedouin, the nomads, and so why they, why are they so wealthy? Because of the oil. Oh. Hmm. So they've gone from that to what they are now, and they have the, large, the tallest building in the world, Burj Khalifa. So it's just this amazing culture to um, get to know because they have just progressed so quickly um, in their education. And so they've had to, throughout all these years, they've had to bring in the world their expertise um, to help them build the the community, the culture, the infrastructure that they've wanted. So. I guess I shouldn't say culture, but because they want to keep their own culture, but the infrastructure they need. Right. And so I was able to meet people from all over the world and get to know their cultures and their religions. It was like the world had converged in this country. And so it was just this melting pot that, um, that was just really exciting to get to know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, especially moms. So there was a a park day we would go to uh, Mm -hmm. once a week for two hours. Mm -hmm. And moms from all different cultures, we had people from um, Scotland and from Italy and from Lebanon. And we even had veiled women from Pakistan. We were just all there together um, talking about our cultures and our, our families and just our family problems and challenges and working together. But at the same time, seeing how to, um, how to grow a family, but from all different angles, because yeah. we're all coming from different cultures. And so I grew to really love and respect these amazing women. And, and so many of them had a beautiful faith in God that, and a beautiful modesty that taught me a lot of things that I hadn't really thought deeply about.
0: Wow. What were some of the... Um similarities and common ground that you you saw among these these this group of mothers
1: well definitely a love and a commitment to family mm-hmm. and many had a deep um, love of God and mm-hmm. he was he's the center of their lives um, from the the women that I met from the Muslim countries mm-hmm. had a great modesty and, mm-hmm. and a respect for women and and um, that was something that I noticed that was a, a common theme throughout. Mm-hmm. And what, they all, they, they were very invested in their children's education as well. That was very important to them.
0: Well, that's awesome. So when you say modesty, do you mean physical modesty in dress or more than that?
1: Yeah, in dress, but also in speech, like the way that you speak mm-hmm. to someone, and mm-hmm. just very um, thoughtful and full of hospitality. and. Mm. They taught me things that, um, that were very different to my culture that I, I learned from. Wow. So um,
0: were you, I mean, this is just a technicality, but were you all speaking English?
1: Yes, yeah, yes. Um, English is not the official language there, but um, it's just the, the common language spoken by everyone. All the signs are in Arabic and English. Oh, I see. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes it was difficult to communicate. Just there were some language barriers, but mostly English.
0: Wow. Wow, that's incredible. So what about, um, what about your children? Did they feel part of that community? Did they enjoy getting to know people from other cultures? Did they become friends with some of these other children?
1: Oh, yes. Um, you know, my daughter, my 16-year-old, she was, I guess she was more like 10-11 um, at the time, but mm-hmm. she was really good at just reaching out and pulling the kids that were new to the group into games and mm-hmm. just having fun together at the park. And because um, every week there was someone new, there was just, the, the turnover was so fast there, just oh. in and out with work. Oh, uh-huh. and so it seemed like two, three years was the average time people would stay, and so mm-hmm. there was always someone new at the park, and she was really, really good at that. And and my kids, um, they went to jujitsu every day with the Emirati kids, children. Oh, cool! Um, that's their national sport. Is it um, really? Yes. Oh, cool! Yeah. And so they had time with the Emirati um, youth and and grew to enjoy them. And their coaches were all from Brazil. So they got to know the Brazilian coaches. And it was just um, an amazing experience for them to really get to know a lot of cultures. Our our closest friends, though, um, were Muslims from other countries that were there working. And they just really enjoyed those friends. And um, I think we had Many similar standards, and so we felt mm-hmm. comfortable around each other mm-hmm. and we just had so many things that we had in common and um, we just really enjoyed them and and my children really connected with those friends and in fact, now that we're back in the states, we've had a couple of our Muslim friends come and visit, and we're going to go visit oh. one of them this summer for a week and so it's just been a really great experience oh, that's incredible so um,
0: just because I know some of your history, I know that this was um, also a period of searching educationally. Uh, you you got there and, and you, you didn't like the school that was there, or something happened that caused you to start to seek out different educational options for your family,
1: right? Well, it was actually before we went. Um, oh. So we could, my husband received a stipend for... private schools there because that's the only option is private schooling. Oh, that was part of his income? That was part of his package. Right. Yeah. And so we looked at it and because we had so many children, it didn't cover all that we would need to get into the schools Uh that we were interested in. Uh Uh-huh. And so we just started um, contemplating homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And with my husband's job, he he works at a hospital and is in shift work, and so mm-hmm. he would be able to take several weeks off at a time mm-hmm. regularly. And so, we decided to we homeschool and use the schooling money to travel. And so ah. that's what we did. But it was terrifying. And so
0: <laughs> I just
1: started. You're not really- just
0: going to homeschool; you're going to do it in a foreign country. Yes. I imagine.
1: Yes, there was so many changes all at once. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is where the beautiful experience came in with the park days that they were all our homeschool friends mm-hmm. all over the world. And mm-hmm. I thought going there, we would be so isolated. I was terrified of that, that we would just have no friends because yeah. my children were not going to school. Right. But it turned out to be the opposite. I had this incredible group of women that I got to know instead of just dropping my children off at school. Uh Uh-huh. And I, and my children had friends that, um, they had plenty of friends, so we were fine. But it was, it was a time of just trying to figure out what I, how I would teach my children. I mean, how am I going to make this work? uh But it was uh, such a blessing to be there because we had the springboard of the trips we were going on and, and that made it easy to to ease into homeschooling because we could use that for their education. And there was nothing, there's nothing better than learning about a place and then going and seeing it. Yes, for sure. So uh, this kind of ties into that experience, but it's a
0: springboard, maybe in a little bit different direction. Tell me a little bit about your journey with principals, because I know that has become a really important aspect of kind of um, your approach educationally, but maybe even more than that in terms of, you know, your approach to life. And, and I think you have, have uh, really such a strong handle on it, and are such an incredible resource for our moms in terms of being principle centered. So tell us a little bit about your journey with that.
1: Well, I guess I need to go back and talk about one I didn't really know about principles. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about them, but I didn't understand really how they worked and why they were important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I worked really hard in university, at my university to do well mm-hmm. and to learn all I could. Mm-hmm. But when I came out, I just didn't know how to continue my own personal education for, for transformation, to become more, to become mm-hmm. a better person, mm-hmm. um, other than just reading my core book. And so I just remember doing funny things like trying to memorize all of the colors in Joseph's Technicolor Dream Coat. Uh, <laughs> just because why? that's all I knew. I just, because I felt like to expand my mind, I needed to memorize oh. something. Oh, cool. I have been memorizing like a quote or something. But, <laughs> I, person. but I, I, I was, um, my education was in the sciences, and so it was a lot of yeah. memorizing facts. Yeah. Not yeah. really. Ideas. Oh, yeah. True That's, that's right. And so that's what I knew. Yeah. And so I kind of wandered in this wilderness for many years until um, I started um, homeschooling and mm-hmm. started listening to different ideas about education and why mm-hmm. do we learn? And mm-hmm. I started thinking more deeply about well, what is education all about? What's the end? Is it to become? Kind of, it's and I, and then I discovered it's. Me to become a better person. Yeah, and so how do I do this? And so yeah. actually, that's where you come in, Audrey, because I as it was really hot in Abu Dhabi um, during the conference, <laughs> <laughs> so I ride a stationary bike for my uh-huh. exercise, and so uh-huh. I'd watch homeschool videos, just mm-hmm. conventions and things. And you were speaking at a convention about principles, mm. and so I learned from you that. Um, Principles, if we can find those in the things we're reading, that we can rely on principles. And when we apply them, we can trust, if they're true, we can trust that they will lead to the end that we're seeking and we will become better people. And it's just this hunt. And so finally, I was able to connect purpose with my education. And Mm. um, that's made all the difference for me. And it's just been um, a search ever since in the things that I read for principles that can. Um, change my life if I apply them. Wow. And it seems so simple now. I don't know why. I <laughs> say <that then>. It's <laughs> just not a, yeah, it's not a paradigm we grow up with at all. Yeah. So not, since yeah. then, I've really wanted to understand natural law. I have wanted to understand, well, what is a first principle and how does that yeah. affect principles and how are they related and yeah. then applications? And then lately I've been searching for the counterfeit to the principal, and that's been oh, you cool that gives me the other side, and I feel like I'm warned what to avoid. yeah, and so I'm not deceived in falling into different traps that are out there. Wow, that's fascinating so how would
0: you say this has impacted kind of your day-to-day experience as a mom what? what is actually different in your interactions or how you teach your children or what your house looks like now a few years later after this, you know, kind of focus in on on principles.
1: Well, I know for me personally, it's principles like I need to fill my needs before my wants. Mm -hmm. And so it just being able to articulate that principle makes it clear to me in my mind Okay, is this a need or is this a want? And I know yeah. if I meet my needs first, then I'm going to reap positive results. Whereas mm. I know if I break that principle and try and meet my wants first, then I'm going to have consequences that I don't want. Yeah. And then in our family conversations, I find that this structure of looking for principles, applications, when we have time looking for the counterfeit. Yeah. Brings like brings a a framework or a structure into what into our conversation. Because Mm -hmm. if we're confused about something, if we're talking like about um, a current event, we can say, "Well, what is what is the principle here? What let's get back to the foundational idea. What is the principle, and then from there, can we find an application?" And so it just gives a solid ground to stand on instead of just trying to come up with ideas. Yeah, It, just, it yeah. gives us um, a unifying element of what we're what, and bring it brings things together.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um,
1: do you feel like it's had a positive
0: impact on your relationships?
1: Well, definitely, because um, principles that I've learned, especially in the academy and level one, um, like the drama triangle and how to how to change from that to a more empowered state, um, mm-hmm. things that I have learned, principles that I've learned, I've been able to apply, especially mm-hmm. asking myself empowering questions, like if I'm um, starting to get down on myself or starting to feel sorry for myself, I realize that, that's, I realize the trap I'm following falling into and realize that the principle is I need to ask empowering questions, and so I'll realize I need to ask what can I do about this situation in, instead of saying, oh, this is, um, this is not my fault or things yeah. like that. So yeah. those types of principles have changed my interactions with my children. Oh, that's awesome.
0: So what are you... Um, tell me this. Why did you decide to get involved with the Mission Driven Mom?
1: Well, it's, it's two-part for me. First is I realized that Um, there was an education that I was lacking Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here to get this education and I definitely am getting it. It's been amazing. Um, My second reason is to help other moms find it because I feel like I wandered in that wilderness for about 20 years and well, maybe more like 15 years. Yeah, but oh, no, totally i just i want women to find this path because i know it can just open their eyes and deepen their joys and their the, the and increase the good fruit in their lives and help them to find that mission path and i know how powerful this is if moms find it then they'll be able to help their children find it so their children are going into their adult years on this path and not having this gap, this wilderness gap, and that they'll be able to make so much better decisions for their future if they are mission-minded from the beginning, and if they know how to seek it and what, what needs to be in place before mission. Because I think a lot of us think, I'll just I'll just have the call, you know, I'll just be inspired one day to, to do something great. But
0: yeah. it doesn't
1: work that way. We need to find our gifts. We need to hone them. We need to study things out. We need to prepare ourselves for it. But I think oftentimes we don't know how to prepare and yeah. we're stuck memorizing <laughs> <women>. <laughs> so, and reading just whatever. Because yeah. there really are books that are key to creating the um, education we need to be able to receive a call.
0: Yeah. For sure. You mentioned uh, self-discovery. Uh, I'd be interested to to know what is, uh, what is one element or piece of self-discovery that has, for you, uh, made a difference in, in your journey, something that you discovered about yourself that's been helpful in some way or insightful.
1: Yeah, well, I think a couple things. Um, one is I didn't realize that I had talents in the linguistics um, area. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned before, I grew up. An only child. And I just didn't really have a lot of opportunities to have a lot of discussions. I mean, I talked with my parents, but they can only sit and chat with me for so long. <laughs> and then I was very quiet as well. So I didn't say much at school. And so yeah. I could go a whole day without saying anything. And so <laughs> I just didn't really practice speaking. Yeah, And so I just kind of felt like that just was not my area that I just wasn't good in the language arts, and in fact, yeah. that's one reason why I went into the sciences, because mm. I just I didn't feel like I had anything there, um, and so that was really interesting to me to take some of the tests and realize that that's one of my gifts. Mm-hmm. And then another thing was um, being quiet. I was always told that I needed to speak up, that I needed to be more extroverted. Mm-hmm. But it was really Awesome for me to recognize it's okay to mm-hmm. be introverted to be to be a, um, more of an inner thinker mm-hmm. because um, great things can come from that and that that's yeah. something that I can um, that I can expand and use to bless yeah. other people's lives. But on the other hand, those gifts because I have those gifts, I found that I have had to overcome some of those weaknesses of my shyness or of um, enjoying being by myself uh-huh. So like, like this this is stretching me and yeah this is helping some of those weaknesses become stronger because I'm focused on my strengths
0: that's awesome so
1: that I think that was huge for me
0: yeah that's a big theme in the academy That not focusing on strengths what what difference has it made to you in these these couple things that you've mentioned um, that you've discovered about yourself what difference has it made in uh, the way that you think about yourself and feel about yourself in the way that you use your time
1: mm, that's a good question um well I think I feel that an important part of my time I need to spend a chunk by myself mm. thinking and and doing something with words oh, like that. And, I, yeah. and I've found I've had fruit from that and I found that that's an important part of my mission is doing that wow um that's cool do you feel any
0: differently about yourself? Maybe more yeah. at peace with yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely more at peace with myself, but I'm also more at peace with other people because I realize if they're extroverted or if they are really good at something else, mm-hmm. that's okay. I don't need to be jealous or be judgmental because that's mm-hmm. their strength. And yeah. I can develop those too over time, but... um it's okay for me to focus on my strengths and, and be okay with who I am that's and awesome. be okay with who they are and try not yes. to be who they are.
0: Yes. That's been a huge help for me too. That self acceptance is uh, kind of reverberates, I think into being able to let go of some, you know, wanting to be like others and letting them be them and you be you and being at peace with that is, is uh, really so great. It just, is empowering. As we finish up here, um, tell me what you're most excited about with MDM moving forward. What's something either that you're working on or that you've been kind of getting excited about um, in in the Mission Driven Mom for yourself or for the women in in the programs?
1: Well, we just started working on the um, MDM celebration that's going to happen this fall. And I'm just really excited to get mothers together. I'm excited to um, have them discover um, principles and discover their talents and just discover the mission path and, and get excited about getting on it. And I think these events, um, in the future will just be a really great way for women to connect and feel like they're not alone and just get some support and just enjoy being together and celebrating each other's accomplishments. Oh, that's awesome.
0: I'm, I'm super excited for that too, because they, they deserve to be celebrated and they also deserve to find other like-minded women, just the community with, you know, the kind of the kind of women that would get involved with what we're doing are just top notch. And the privilege of knowing them is one of the biggest perks for me. Being able oh, to totally. get to know them and associate with them and learn from them is invaluable. So I'm super excited about it. And you're a big piece of in that. Uh, so we're so grateful for all the work that you're doing and all the sacrifices that you make for our podcasts and for um, the Academy. And Oh man, you've just done so much. It's, it's awesome. So Thank you, Tracy, for being with me for a few minutes today. Thank you for sharing your stories and experiences. It's really inspiring, and you're, you're an amazing woman. It's a privilege to have you on our board. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for joining me at, uh, the, the, for this Mission Driven Mom podcast. If you don't have your free copy of the Mission Driven Life, please head over to themissiondrivenmom.com and grab your uh, free copy of the ebook or audiobook. And we will see you next time.